You are listening to the official podcast of Salem Tabernacle in Beacon, New York, a community of people devoted to experiencing life as God meant it to be. If you're at the altar, just keep doing what you're doing. This is this is part of the worship service. I want it. I wanted Stephanie to to lead us into a divine moment, and she has with everything she just said in that last song. So, of all the thoughts running through my mind all week long, I've put them all together, and I think the Holy Spirit is praying over three people, three kinds of people this morning. I want everybody to think of the story of the prodigal son. A lot of characters in this story. Some we see and some we don't see in the story. One type of person this morning, you're the person who keeps going where you shouldn't go and then coming back and slipping back to where you shouldn't go and coming back making it halfway home, changing your mind and going back, stuck in this cycle and you're tired of it, you're annoyed with it, you're angry at it. Maybe because you're maturing, the cycle takes longer to come back around, but you just have that dooming sense that it's coming back around again. The Holy Spirit wants you to know this morning that the prodigal son's father did not come out to meet him halfway for any other reason than the father knew I'm going to interrupt my son before he changes his mind and goes back I'm gonna run ahead of his mind change and I'm gonna grab him and I'm gonna bring him home before he changes his mind and I feel like the Holy Spirit saying he's running if you're that person he's running to you today and the mind changing stops today The cycle gets broken today. But here's the thing. It might feel like a head-on collision. When the cycle, if you stop something from spinning immediately, there can be a lot of whiplash. A lot of things can go flying. Let them. Let them go flying. If you're stuck in a cycle of back and forth, seesaw, up and down, left and right, he's going to slam the brakes on that cycle today. And things in your life that are not anchored are going to go flying. Let them. Let them go flying. You're buckled in. You're not going to go flying when everything else does. The second person is the person who you're in the pig trough with the younger brother. Feel like you gave it all up, messed it all up. And you don't even have the strength to do what the younger brother did and even start to come back home. You don't even have the ability to start to come back home. Maybe you don't even want to. Maybe you want to, but you know if you come back home, you might hurt other people. Essie Green, Essie Green told me about the prodigal son's mother who's never talked about in the story. 
But as Essie said, she's the one holding the whole story together. She's the one in whom the story takes place. Her name is the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the true and better prodigal father who doesn't wait for us to come halfway home, but he comes to the pigsty, picks us up out of it, and brings us home. If you feel afraid to get back up and go back home, and when I say home, I mean home into the loving arms of the Lord, listen to me, to come back home to yourself and really meet yourself again. Maybe actually go back home to a relationship. Whatever going home for you is, whether you're meeting Jesus again or you're going to meet yourself again or you're going to open your life back up to other people again and you don't feel like you have the strength, he's coming for you. He's not going to wait for you to make it halfway back. The Holy Spirit was at the pig trough. The Holy Spirit was halfway home. The Holy Spirit was in the field. The Holy Spirit is it, the thing in which the story happens. You're not alone where you are, and Jesus is bringing you home. The third person, and I think this may be quite a few of us, and if you're me, you might be all three people, that's fine. But the third person is the older brother who's stuck in the toxic attack of the enemy to compare ourselves to other people. I actually feel that wily, nasty, demonic sense that some of us are stuck comparing ourselves to our, the self we think we should be and can never attain. The self that somebody told us we were supposed to be and it felt right when they told us, but if you don't have, if you can't attain it, then it wasn't from Jesus. Some of us have been told that this exterior aesthetic, this outwardness is the measure of who we are and it never is. It never is. But you're stuck saying, if only I just, or why does this person have such an easy time coming home? Why do I never feel like I could be home, but I used to, or I should, or somebody else in my life does so easily? If you're stuck in comparison, please know that the story ends with the father outside with the, young, with the older brother. He will never leave you or forsake you, and he wants to quiet the competitive voice of comparison this morning. And he just wants you to know that you're his and you're fearfully and wonderfully made and you don't need to add or subtract anything from your life to be more perfect in his sight, outwardly and inwardly and all the other lees that I could possibly say. There's an invitation to come home this morning Come back to your first love. Go back to the place where you fell and remember how it felt when he picked you up. And parents in the room, do this for yourself because you will unlock this grace in your children. Teach your children how to get back up. Don't, don't mask when you fall. Teach your children how to get back up. Don't pretend you don't make mistakes. Say sorry when you do. 
openly tell them that you do. If your kids are grown, call them up and say, didn't do everything right. Is there anything that we need to unpack with each other over the next few years? Salem, I'm talking to somebody this morning. Some of you, mom and dad, you got to make some phone calls this year and say, I'm going to listen, you talk. I don't care if you're right or wrong. Where do you feel like it went wrong? Talk to me. I'm going to listen. And we're going to unpack this together. If your kids are young in the house, teach them now that mom and dad make mistakes and mom and dad get back up again because Jesus is worth getting up again for. Let them see his mercy and grace exposed in our life in our need for mercy and grace. Silence the voice that says your mistakes are ending it for your children. They're not. Your mistakes are portals where Jesus' grace is going to show them what a good, good father is like, shower grace on mom and dad, and show them that they can get dusty and still move forward. Salem, he is coming for you this morning. He's coming for your children. He doesn't just want you to feel at home. Listen to me. This is everything I got to say this morning. He wants you to be a home for him. For him. Son of man has nowhere to lay his head. And then later it says, you prepared for me a body. You are the place where Jesus wants to rest. Come on. You're the place where Jesus wants to rest. Oh, but I'm restless. He can't rest in me. He sleeps in restlessness. Storms don't wake him up. Jesus, a heavy sleeper, can't wake him up. Only time he wakes up is when you need him to. You're a home for Jesus. With everything you've done wrong, hanging on the walls, he rests in you. He doesn't tell you to take that down and move that before he rests first. He only says, go and sin no more after he says, you're not condemned and neither do I condemn you. Then we get to work. We don't get to work so that we can come home. We come home. He feeds us. He clothes us. He gives us drink from the river of his delights. And then we get to work. You don't have to earn your way back. And mom and dad, it's our job to be a home for our children. This is the last thing I'm going to say. I was talking to a few people this week about what happens, and I want you to hear me. This is the last thing, and then we're going to sit in his presence. He's going to come get us. So he said, Pastor, what happens when our kids hear things first that we didn't tell them yet because we know we're not at the place for them to have heard it yet, but then they hear it from somebody else? It's a very good question to call your pastor for. And I called a couple of mine. Listen, it is important that we get to our kids first when they're ready. Amen? But let me tell you something more important. It's not as important that we get to our kids first. It's more important that when they hear things out there, they come to us first before they come to anybody else. Be a home for your children where they can come and say, I heard something 
Somebody said something. Somebody looked at me a kind of way. I saw an image on a phone. My teacher said this. Don't try to get the content out first. Be the container. Be the place that they can run home to and know that it's safe to say, I, I might have done something wrong today. I might have seen something I shouldn't have seen or hurt, or I have a question about something, or I'm doubting something, or as they get older, I met someone and I'm not sure about them. Mom and dad, be a place. Don't be a content machine, be a hug. If your children are grown and you're saying, I wish I would have done that, Jesus will create in them the awareness of what he's creating in you and it will work backwards and frontwards and sideways and byways and highways and lowways. It's not over. A timeless God is never over. Holy Spirit, I pray that this word finds good soil. And I pray that you open up these altars, open up hearts, open up minds, minister to us for the rest of this service. If you feel like you got to come to the altar, come to the altar. If you feel like you got to sit in your seat and write, sit in your seat and write. We're going to sing. We're going to worship. We're going to let the Holy Spirit do what he does better than anybody else. Sing, hover, create, heal. Are you here for it this morning, Salem? Let him minister to you this morning. So this isn't going to be entirely politically correct, but I'm going to try. I just had this whole entire reel play before my eyes of the men in, in the front of the church with their hands up. And hands just kind of came out of heaven and touched all the, all the men's hands that were raised. And I said, Lord, why, why are the men at the front? In the last five years, there's been a lot of pressure on men to adjust and change the way we view the world. And a lot of it is 100% right. 100% right. Right? Sexism, misogyny, all that kind of stuff needs to be healed. The thing that the world doesn't do, the world does a fine job saying what needs to change, but one thing it doesn't do very well is it doesn't have compassion on people who need to change. It just demands it and then waits like this. And whenever somebody says, I'm trying, but it's very difficult, it's like, no, 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 you don't, you don't get to say that. You do get to say that. Let me tell you, you do get to say that. People have hurt other people, and the people who do the hurting need to be healed. But when that healing begins, we need compassion too. There's not a human soul that exists on the face of the earth that can change without compassion, that can change without flexibility and patience and mercy. I say all that to not get into some rabbit hole, but to simply say, men, I feel like as a general rule, we're unsure of ourselves. We have lost a little bit of who we are. We've had to let go of some things. We've had to be confronted. We've had to lay things down. We've had to come to terms with the fact that maybe we weren't viewing the women in our life and in the world, our children, the best way we could. It's good, it's right, but it's also been very exhausting few years. 
And I feel like the Holy Spirit said, I want the men to come forward because I want to lay my hands on them and give them life and give them compassion and give them healing and restore what may have been lost. So I'm looking for a few of you guys to lead the rest of this room and come forward. I'm looking for two or three leaders to come forward. And once it gets safe up here, I'm looking for the rest of you to follow suit. And lift your hands as the worship team sings. This is not about men versus women. This is God knowing his children, knowing his flock, and saying, I want to impart a gift into the men for being willing to face this, for being willing to examine ourselves, for being willing to receive awareness that we never had over ourselves. And to admit it's been tiring, it's been fatiguing, because sometimes good work can be tiring, amen? Good work is almost always exhausting. Do I have any moms in the house who can say good work can be exhausting? Good work can be exhausting, yes, okay. As the worship team sings, men, would you just lift your hands right now? Let me just pray, and then Steph is going to sing over us again. Holy Spirit, I pray that your hands would reach through the thin membrane that we call the natural and touch the lives of these men. Fathers, sons, brothers, touch their lives. Show us the place where you want us to be in a world that's pulling us in so many different directions. Show us the place where you want us to be in your church, in the world, in our homes, in our relationships. Show us in our lives where healing needs to take place. But right now I pray that you pour over our lives. My hands up too the grace and mercy and motivation to do what Paul said and struggle with your energy, not ours. To be filled with your energy. To be filled with a motivation that comes from you. To be willing to move slow so that change can be lasting. But I pray that you give back an identity. That you give back a self-esteem. That you give back a work ethic. That you charge us up again, point us in the right direction, and give us the boldness to travel down that road, and to find our place, to know where we fit in, and to see that place as holy, and to see fruit and miracle and life come from that place. I pray for any man who's stuck on the sideline with no motivation, struggling with depression, struggling with insecurity, struggling with the fear that starting again is going to cost everything. I pray, Jesus, that you would heal. Shut the devil up. Shut him up over our lives. Tell him to be quiet so that we can hear not in the fire and not in the wind and not in the earthquake, but in the quiet whisper. Redefine what manhood means for us. Redefine what being a man is supposed to be for us. Too many things are floating around. 
don't tell us, Father God, help us become that. Help us to become the men you have called us to be. Men that model themselves after you. Men that don't lash out but say, Father, forgive them. Men who can say, I thirst. Men who can say, Simon, I need help carrying this cross. Men who can dream and act on those dreams. Men who can lay their head on a rock and say, surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. But now I do. And I'll come back here again and I'll worship you here. Men who can hear the call to leave what is comfortable and travel not knowing where we're going, but knowing that we're searching for a homeland whose founder and builder is God. Not us. Teach us to be the kind of men who preserve innocence and don't rob people of it. Who maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. Who are peacemakers, not troublers or disturbers. Not aggressive, but humble and bold. Holy Spirit, you know everything else to pray. I pray that you hover over these men over the next few minutes. Let them feel your presence in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. As we get, as we get ready to come to the Lord's table, some of us have probably given our first fruit offering already. Some of us maybe gave online. Some of us maybe still have it. Some of our kids, I can see, have put some toys on the altar already. I know Sophia was debating if she was going to give over to God her baby Yoda this morning. We went back and forth a little bit. Whatever runs up on this table, Lord, is a gift to you. It's important that we come and receive the body of Christ because before, and if you already gave, this is not like a linear thing, but it's important to offer ourselves before we offer things. It's important to offer ourselves and go through the refiner's fire and the fuller's soap. Because Jesus said, it's not the gold, but it's the temple that sanctifies the gold. And it's not the gift, but it's the altar that sanctifies the gift. And we're called to be that temple with Jesus, amen? And so as we become sanctified, the things we offer become sanctified along with us. There are some people in the room where you don't, you don't feel like your, your gift is worthy, the gift of yourself. Some of you don't feel like you deserve to be healed. You do, and you are totally worthy to bring your gifts to the altar, to receive the body and blood of Jesus' offering, and then to offer. And so as you come to the table, you can receive on this side and this side in a moment, and then if you have given already or if you haven't, when you receive the bread, this prayer is going to be on the screen. 
And I want you just to, I'm going to pray it now, and then I want you to stand at the altar after you receive the bread, whether you've given your first fruit offering or you haven't, if you can at that moment. But then pray this prayer. It's called the Soul of Christ. It's from St. Ignatius. And it says, Soul of Christ, sanctify me. Body of Christ, save me. Blood of Christ, inebriate me. Jesus, get me drunk on you this morning. Drunk on too many other things. Don't get a hangover from Jesus. You can wake up in the morning. You can get to work on time. You can pregame with Jesus. Salem. Water from the side of Christ, wash me. Passion of Christ, strengthen me. Oh, good Jesus, hear me. With your wounds, hide me. Permit me not to be separated from you. From the wicked foe, defend me. At the hour of my death, call me and bid me come to you, that with your saints I may praise you forever and ever. Amen. Lord Jesus, on the night when you were betrayed, you took bread that we put on the table. You take our offerings and you break them and you give thanks over them and then you tell us that you've now inhabited them. You took the bread and said, this is now my body which is broken for you. This cup is now my blood which is spilled for you. As often as you come to this table, before you offer anything else, offer yourself to me by receiving my body and my blood. And so, Holy Spirit, we pray that you descend on these gifts and make them for your people the body and blood of Jesus, the food and drink of new and unending life in him. And sanctify us also that we may be forgiven of our sins, and that we may become the hem of your garment. That when people reach out and touch our lives, even if it's to strike, they would be healed. Because your anointing is upon us. I thank you for everyone who is giving cheerfully today. And I pray that these offerings would be used in Tanzania with Tori Rasmussen, in the Love Quest Foundation, teaching our young teens how to recognize danger early enough to be safe. That they would sprout and grow in this year of 2023 in Salem Tabernacle and that our ministry would continue and it would thrive and that we would be ready for any opportunity that comes our way, any trial that comes our way. That we would be here to be healing for the community around us. And we pray that you would strengthen our homes. Father God, I pray that home would not be a place where everything has to be perfect, but where we could be ourselves. Because you let us come to you messy and sloppy and in disarray, and you put us back together again. And I pray that we would be that for our children and that as a church we would be that for our community. In your name we pray, and everybody said... Amen. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. You can come from the left this way. Elder George will be here. You can come from the right this way. Elder Bill will be here. Bring your gifts, pray that prayer, and worship with us this morning.
Thanks for listening to the Salem Tabernacle podcast. For more information about us, including gathering times and our location, check us out online at salemtabernacle.com.